you know, you're standing in the pocket NFL games and they tell you to stand in there, you know, and, and if you don't do it, the guys see it the next day on film, you know, like you're not standing in the pocket and you, and I, we're playing the Raiders. And I think it was 83, 84 and it's Lyle Alzado and Howie Long and, and uh, Patel and Greg Townsend and Matt Millen and uh, Mike Davis, man, all these all-stars on their defense. And they're in, we're in the kingdom, but I, I hadn't really started very much. And I threw this pass and sure enough, this guy just comes and just runs right over me. I mean, I throw it, he just, my head hits the back of the ground. I get up, like, wow. Welcome to 90% Mental and the In and Out of the Pocket podcast series with all-pro quarterback Jake the Snake Plumber and mental performance coach Grant Parr, where the mental game is discussed and discovered by the best quarterbacks and offensive-minded professionals in the business. From overcoming adversity, celebrating mental wins, to actionable mental skills strategies, and more, you'll learn how to mentally navigate in and out of the pocket. Today in the pocket, Jake and Grant sit down with former three-time Pro Bowl NFL quarterback Dave Craig to talk about his 19-year career and what it took mentally to lead at an elite level. Dave shares intimate moments throughout his career and what motivated his confidence, leadership, and grit. This quarterback's enthusiasm for the game is the main ingredient that fueled his longevity and success. ReadyList Sports is the future of sports playbooks with its digitized integration of multiple learning styles that helps coaches teach better and players learn more efficiently. Engineered by former professional quarterbacks, ReadyList Sports' revolutionary play drawing tool will save coaches countless hours creating plays. ReadyList Sports also provides the players accessibility to study their playbooks using the ReadyList Sports app for iOS and Android. It's like having the playbook in your pocket. The best part of ReadyList are the auto-generated tests the players take after studying that help ensure retention of your plays. Now let's all huddle up and go visit ReadyListSports.com. Welcome back to the In Out of the Pocket podcast with Jake the Snake Plumber and myself, Grant Parr. We're super excited to bring this podcast series to you to talk up with quarterbacks, offensive coordinators, quarterback coaches, head coaches, about the mental game. Yeah, it's been fun so far, Grant. We've had some great guests. Uh, I think our guest today is a little fired up, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a man of few words right now, except for the fact that he, he was a quarterback I loved watching when I was a kid. He was uh, you know, not your prototypical 6'3", 230-pound quarterback, but those guys sometimes don't last as long as this guy did. He played 19 years in the NFL, 19 years, man, almost two decades. And uh, coming out of a, a small, small college out of Wisconsin, undrafted, I'm sure he's going to share some amazing stories about perseverance and kind of giving the finger to anybody that said, yo, you can't make it. But I want to introduce our guest today is uh, the great Dave Craig. What's going on, Dave? Hey, Jake, how you doing? I'm standing here with my finger up in the air, probably like you just said. So, <laughs> You know, it, 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 you have to have that mentality, I think, as a quarterback and, and as a competitor at some point in your life where you just basically, the bird is the word, and you're like, yo, you don't believe me, then that's what you get. <laughs> it can work, or it can bite you in the ass. But 
what, you know, with your background, where you came from, I mean, holy shit, you know, you played 19 years, no one had heard of you, and you were just talking earlier about uh, a fun experience in the playoffs against one of the greatest of all time, but what was it, man? Like, how did you not, like, just buy into the fact that you were too small, not a big enough arm, small school? What was it that got you over the hump and into the NFL and, and to have such a great career, if you can say, you know, one thing? What was it? You know, I know you got Grant on the show, and he's into mental imagery and visualization, which I did. I did visualization when I was like in fifth and sixth, or five and six years old. I used to watch the Green Bay Packers, black and white TV. They're winning all the division championships. It's Bart Starr, it's Vince Lombardi, it's Jerry Kramer, it's Fuzzy Thurston, it's Willie Wood, Willie Dibbs. So I visualized that at a young age, I want to do that. Now, I didn't really tell a lot of people. So now, fast forward as to get to Seattle. Um, the one thing they always say, ignorance is bliss. I am so glad that I did not know the odds upon me, right? I went to mini camp, wore my little Milton College helmet, my Rydells that were rubbed down to like the size of bowling shoes after wearing them for four years at Milton. <laughs> and I did, I did the, uh, the mini camp. Then I flew back to Wisconsin. And you, there wasn't no big working out. You didn't have a trainer, right, Dick? I didn't have a personal trainer. I didn't have a nutritionist. <laughs> you know, I was eating macaroni and cheese at my mom's house go out running with some punter that had a chance and having the writer from the DC Everest uh, jet magazine stand on like, you know, how we would do it, Jake, I'd stand on the right hash mark on a high school field. That's a long ways away. And I, I'd have them stand on like an eight yard out, 12 yard out, eight, 18 yard out, just stand, just batting the balls down. Basically, you know, I broke one of his fingers. So I did all that stuff there now and I get there and you got two a day. So everything happens so fast. Ignorance is bliss in the sense that, I did not understand that the odds were against me. All I would focus on was each practice, each, each thing that I had to get to. Two days were hard, man, but they made us run a mile and a half after each practice. Now, quarterbacks don't get hit, but the mental, going from Milton College, that's NAIA Division Three. I don't think the people really can understand how uh, small that kind of football is. It's like one division above high school. I don't think you can go any lower than that. And uh, so I got there, and there's three other guys, Matt Kupek from North Carolina, Paul McGaffigan from Long Beach, and a guy named David something else from Southwest Oklahoma, plus the three starting guys. That's seven guys. I'm seven strength. Wow. And after about a week, these guys are homesick, and they're, they're in their rooms, and I'm studying, and I don't even understand all these plays. I've never had that many plays in four years of Milton College, and now these running plays. And just to go and go opposite right 34, you would have thought I was going to have a nervous breakdown. It was my turn to call that play. It's a handoff, and I thought I was running for president, you know. So anyway, the injury is bliss. I didn't really know, but all I knew was, Focus on what's right in front of me. What's right in front of me. And then, luckily, we had an intra-squad game. Uh, the, four, the second string quarterback hurt his neck. He was out for the year. Now I'm elevated to third string. And then I got to play a little bit more in the preseason. And shoot, that was another thing. Preseason games. Wow. First time I ever had my name on the back of my jersey, Jake. Go figure. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, well, Dave, growing up, I experienced you when I was watching you growing up. You were this uh, cool, calm, collected quarterback. You always had this 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 poise about you. How would you describe when you played football? How would you describe your mindset? And where did this this poise come from? Was it innate, or did you did you train yourself to deal with adversity and just be super calm? Wow, that's a good question because you have to. You, you are going to be nervous. 
Um, I read a book um, by Joe Namath, and it was a real long time ago, and it's typical of Joe Namath. The title of his book was, I cannot wait till tomorrow because I get better looking each day. No shit. That was the title of his book. <laughs> but in it, in it, he, he wrote down because he said, I didn't quite understand all this stuff. He goes, I think it was him that said, I, don't, I may not know what I'm doing, but I am not going to let the rest of the guys in this huddle know that I don't know what I'm doing. You see what I'm saying? So you have yeah. to project an image of, I got this. And inside you're going, I wish I could just run out the tunnel right now. I remember my very first play going to the line of scrimmage. And if I would have went 20, 30 yards back behind me, I could have went right out that end zone with my uniform on, never heard of me again, you know. But I walked up there, called the signals, did the handoff, and I go, well, that wasn't so bad. So a lot of it is fear, too. You're thinking, oh, my God, it's the worst. It's, you know, what's the worst that can happen, right? You're going to screw up a little bit. And the poise thing, I don't know. I think that just – Jake can attest it. I see Jake running around too. I think we feel better when we're outside the pocket running around. I have more poise out there doing that actually than I do something that's planned that you're supposed to do. I'm more nervous about that, especially an out to my left side. I'm like, yeah, it looks good on paper, but go out there and try to do that into the wind, you know, and all that. So, yeah, with a DB sitting on the route because you haven't thrown anything deep and all that stuff. You're, when you talk about getting out of the pocket, Dave, you know, that was something you were awesome at, scrambling around, keeping the play alive. That was a lot of my style. Um, I, I, I hearken back to recess when I was like fourth, fifth grade right. is when I really yep. started. That's like, that's how I played then. And then I was able to do that still in the NFL. And like, even today, there's some guys, you know, especially with Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, that, that play that style, but not only learning how to, how to throw out of the pocket, scramble around and make plays. What those moments did at recess actually did so much for me as a leader that I didn't even know. But when I think back to it, Jake, like, Jake, I got Jake, I, I, I want to step in here because I feel you on this a hundred percent. I remember being at Rochelle's elementary school. Well, first of all, we would organize games in my backyard. We just moved up to Rochelle's and I'm thinking, okay, I don't know these kids, but I know them a little bit. And I'd go over to Mrs. Mark's house because they had three kids. There was two brothers, three brothers. One was older, one was okay. You know, so that's three. I'm like, and I said, Mrs. Mark, I'll help them do the chores afterwards. Then I go over to Ronnie Moret and Bruce Luby's house. And then I get to Owen's kids. Before you know it, you got nine or ten kids in your small little backyard. I give the five best to the other team, and I take the four worst. And then we would play, and you just make things up. And, and, and then the guys looked at you like, holy shit, he knows what he's doing. Then I progressed to sixth grade. Now we're playing flag football. I'm like, we got flags on our hips. Oh, my God, I felt like a football player, right? And I'm calling reverses because I used to watch uh, uh, Roger Staubach was one of my idols. And they would always do these reverses. Yeah. I'd do a double reverse, a triple reverse. Then a guy would be standing wide open. Those were the fun – that's fun football, Jake. That's what we – I think they miss a little bit in the NFL now. It's all about this branding. and all. They miss the fun part, Jake Plummer. Uh, well, Mahomes has brought that back, and I'm, I'm feeling you on the whole pick the four worst, worst guys and then the other five best guys because I did that one yep. day when I got dissed by my buddies. So I started picking. I picked first, and I picked the last kid that would usually be last. I picked him first. Right. And I motivated yep. those kids, and we ended up winning, winning at recess. And I want to know, like, do you think that's where a lot of your leadership style was, honed, was like, first born? And what sort of, you know, was your go-to? I mean, what kind of leader were you on the field? I never played with you, uh, but how did you, you lead? Know, I mean, for 19 yeah, years, what was your go-to and what was your style? 
That's a good question. I don't know if you should really have a go-to because it almost sounds contrived and planned. But um, when I was in high school, I ran into some adversity. Uh, sixth grade, you know, I'm playing flag football in the quarterback. Seventh grade, we didn't even have tackle football. Eighth grade, they have uh, uh, the first ever middle school football team, the D.C. Everest Hornets. I ended up being the eighth grade starting quarterback all because I took the ball, turned around, pitched, now I'm the lead blocker. That's how they used to do it, Jake. I was like the lead blocker. Yeah. And I cut block the safety, and they said, let's run that play again. And they go, see, that's what we need right there. Somebody's got to go down. And I, all I did was I couldn't block him up high, Jake. I had to cut him at his knees. And he goes, I don't even know where he learned that technique. You know, and I'm like, so, okay, we never did throw much in high school. But um, so I'm the quarterback in high school. Um, we're 0-4. And uh, my junior year, my, the coach comes up to me and goes, all right, I'm taking a senior quarterback out. You're going to start the next game, and you're going to call your own plays. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And, and it was the other team's homecoming, Jake. That's the worst way to get you to start, right? The other team's homecoming. And uh, there was a – remember I told you about a book? I, I was reading these books about Joe Namath. Well, so as soon as my coach told me that, I said, well, I'm going to go up to the library and read a book on quarterbacking. And I opened this book by Bart Starr, and he said something. It was either Bart Starr or Roger Staubach, and he goes – so one of the best times to throw a pass is after an interception or a turnover, right? Defense just getting on the field. They're like, oh, shit, we're out here again. And sure enough, I got an interception in that game. The next play is I, I'm playing both ways, you know. I'm playing defense and offense. Did you play that both ways, Jake, in high school? Not in high school. Not in high school, no. They wouldn't oh, me. You missed out, Jake. You missed oh, out, no, man. No. I got to play defense. You missed out. It's a whole other world back there. Didn't you get these all-conference running backs? And you're, you're out there. You're the last one. And you just hope the guy runs you over and falls down, you know? Oh, my God. But anyway, so in junior but, high, it was so fun, yeah. It, it was so fun. So, anyway, I go read the book. We, we, I intercept the pass. I call the play in the huddle, fake the handoff. He's running a quarterback touchdown. I'm like, oh, my God, you can read a book and play quarterback. This is amazing. I got to go to the library more often. <laughs> but, 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 but my leadership, hey, but my leadership came from because I never was really confident in myself. I, I thought I was good enough, but I was never all-conference in high school, Jake. I wasn't – I was all-conference, honorable mention, defensive back. Quarterback, we ran so much. I bet we threw – I want to say 80, 90 passes in eight, nine games. And I went to Milton. So I go to Milton. My dad says on July 4th, he goes, hey, are you going to keep working at the paper mill or do you think you might want to go to college? I didn't get any offers. It wasn't like people were coming to my house and just knocking down the door. So my high school coach said, I know this guy, Rudy Gadini at Milton. So my dad and I drove down there. Oh, yeah, sure, your son can down to play quarterback. Uh, they said we had a senior to graduate. We have a sophomore and some other guys. I get there, everybody wanted to play quarterback. I'm seven-string quarterback. There was three linebackers trying out for quarterback. So it was like, what the hell? And then finally I get in the game, though, Jake. Once they put a guy like you and me out there, we may not know what we're supposed to do, but whatever we do, it sure looks good what we did. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it's contagious. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And the, and the leadership is really comes from confidence and and if you can do something and then you get the guys to follow you, and you said it perfectly, Jake, you want to motivate the, the, the least common denominator. If you can bring him up a couple notches, now your team gets better. You bring another guy up a couple notches, your team gets better. That's what football is all about. It's all about team. It's the best, besides hockey, might be the best team football team game there is. Absolutely. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, think about it. How, how many guys do you know that would go up there 
just put their hand on the ground. Well, now they don't even put their hand on the ground. And you do that all game and you never touch the ball. You're a lineman. I mean, what the hell, Jake, yeah. right? And you're protecting <laughs> these guys that make three times, ten times more money than you do. They do it for the love of the game. That's why I always, I was, like guys like Sam Merriman, he wasn't a highly touted guy. He's from Tucson. He's a rodeo guy. He's in, front, in charge of their uh, chairman of their Tucson rodeo. Joe Nash is a good friend of mine, nose tackle. Uh, Jacob Green, Kenny Easley. I mean, I'd like the defense again. We had a team when, when we were in Seattle, you know. Oh, yeah. Hey Dave, real quick, when you when you're when you reflect on your whole career, uh, this is more about the the mental game, if you will. Like, what was your biggest mental win in your whole career, and what was your biggest mental fail, and how did you overcome it? Oh, that's a good question. Have against the same team, if I really want to quickly answer that. So, you know, you're standing in the pocket in NFL games, and they tell you to stand in there. You know, and, and if you don't do it, the guys see it the next day on film, you know, like you're not standing in a pocket. And, you, and I, we're playing the Raiders, and I think it was 83, 84, and it's Lyle Elzado and Howie Long and, and uh, Piquel and Greg Townsend and Matt Millen and uh, Mike Davis, man, all these all-stars on their defense. And they're in, we're in the kingdom, and I, I hadn't really started very much. And I threw this pass, and sure enough, this guy just comes and just runs right over me. I mean, I throw it, he just... My head hits the back of the ground. I get up. I'm like, wow. You know, it's like that handoff. It's like, I did it. You know, so that showed that I could do that. And then the other fail would be um, we played in the AFC championship game at the end of 83. It would have been 84. In 83, we played the, uh, we had beaten the Dolphins. Uh, we were 17 point underdogs. Now we go back and play the Raiders, who we had beat twice that previous year. We go play them in the Coliseum. And because you have, you have this, uh, 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 AFC championship game, you had to get down on a day, uh, two days before. Well, we're in Seattle. So now we go down on a Friday. There's a day of just sitting around a hotel. Saturday, another day of just sitting in a hotel. We're getting ready to get on the bus Sunday. I'm like, Jesus, I'm just worn out emotionally from, you know, what's getting anxiety. I called my grandpa and my one-legged friend Stump on the phone right before I left. I said, hey, I just want to call. I'm kind of nervous. I want to talk to somebody. And then we went to play the game. And they just intimidated me right off the bat. They, uh, they roughed a ponder on the first play. They got in a fight with a fullback on the second, you know, on some other play. They just intimidated us. And I, I said, I'm not going to let that happen again. And I just started I was pissed at them. Every time I played them, I would call them names, you know, F you, this, that. You're, you know, Jake, what you say out there, you know. But anyway, I was just pissed because they, they won. They beat me. And I, and I don't like to lose, Jake, and you know that too. Anybody that's halfway – uh, of a competitor and plays quarterback, they're all competitors, and you hate to lose. And if somebody beats you mentally uh, and intimidates you a little bit, you're like, "What the hell?" You know. So I get, I grew from that. It's like everything else in life. You get something that knocks you down, or you you go, "Holy shit, I got fired," or or this happened, or the wife left me, or the dog just has. You go, "Hey, there's another day, and something else is going to happen. It might not happen right away, but if you keep working at it, good things will happen eventually." Uh, the sun will come up tomorrow is what uh, my favorite. Song. I've heard that song. Yes, I've heard that song. <laughs> you know what? I'd have a bad practice. We'd be coming off the field. I'd be moping and pissed. And it wasn't that I had a bad practice. It's that, it's that you know, two-minute drill at the end of the practice, I threw a pick. You know, so I'm like yes. pissed off. God damn it. And he'll say, hey, man, listen, the sun will come up tomorrow. You'll be all right. Just go watch the film. It'll be okay. So have Good it is such a, been, what a position, Grant, you need to do some more studying on it. Like Jake just said, 
if you throw a two-minute drill interception in practice, can you imagine what we feel like as quarterbacks in a regular game? You already oh, feel terrible. You lost the game. Now you can't wait to get in the locker room because the reporters are going to ask you all this stuff. And then the next day, here on radio, you're going to see it on TV and read about it in the papers, and you still got to keep your poise. you got to keep your, you know, it's just, I don't even know how these kids do it today because of, social media i would i don't even know what i would do i wouldn't even have a phone i think <laughs> well i mean on that on that note and on that vein you know you played 19 years so you obviously had to answer some tough questions how did you how did you get through it men- mentally you know how did you do two decades of ball i mean you played oh, i think i read jay jay you know you know the you know oh wait a minute i do want to talk, talk about that there was a year in seattle i think it was 88 or 90 I took every snap. Then after uh, we did, Tom Flores come there and put me on plan B, I went to Kansas City in 92. I played every snap of quarterback. And then the next year, they bring in a guy named Joe Montana. I'm like, I, wait a minute, I just put in my work. I didn't miss a day of work. I was there for every hour. And now this guy gets to come in here and he gets to start. I know his name's Joe Montana. What if his name was Joe, you know, Wilson? I mean, what, now how would this look? Actually, he ended up being Joe Burrow. I mean, <laughs> Joe yeah, Burrow. Joe Montana was so, be okay with that. <laughs> no, but Joe Montana was so smooth and Jake, you'd love Joe. He is such a good. We were roommates for the whole year, man. Oh, we, yeah. It was. He is such a good dude. He makes things look so effortless. Guys like you, guys like him, that played in the league for a, a substantial amount of time. People are always like, uh, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but I've had plenty of people. I meet them out in public, and they're like wow, man, you're really a cool dude. And I'm like, well, I don't think that, but, I mean, what did you think oh, I was saying? I see what you're saying. Yes, I mean, yes that's the other, yes. I mean, you, you must have had it worse. You had to have had it worse because you were here at ASU, and my good buddy Herm Edwards is coaching your team now, and I get to go down there and watch practice. But it had to be tough for you oh, because yeah. you're a college student. Now you're playing for that team. I I, I didn't like that celebrity stuff too much. I was more like, look, I'm just like one of the rest of the guys. That's what I like to be like. But, oh, going back to your original thing was what helped me for the longevity as far as answering the tough questions was I always felt it was important as a quarterback to take responsibility. You know, like even if there's a fumble center quarterback exchange, you know, you know damn well the, the center might have snapped it quick or short or something. Yeah, my, my fault, I messed up, you know. Because guys, I've had guys since I retired that I'll never forget. Like he goes, John Borchard said to me, just, you know, we have an alumni thing in Seattle a few years ago. And he goes, Dave, I want to tell you something. I said, what's that? He goes, I've learned. I'm watching you come back from the sideline. I, I got sacked. I audible. I got sacked, Jake. And I fumbled in the end zone and they recovered for a touchdown. So now I'm going to the sideline and Chuck Knox is going, what the hell? What the hell are you doing? I said, I thought they're going to blitz. Don't think this and that. And I'm like, Coach, it's my fault I screwed up. And John Borges said, man, you went up and told the coach you effed up. He couldn't say anything after that. You know, <laughs> he's like, you, you just got to own yeah. it, man. You got you to you take it good. because the cover-up is worse than the actual crime, you know, always. For sure, for sure. I mean, can you imagine, can you imagine guys can see it on, on film, right? You can say, oh, I did this. And then on film, it's like you completely did something differently. That's just uh, – you know, you can't BS that. And then that's how you lose a locker room. But, you know, a couple of little things like that. Your integrity is so huge in a locker room. Your integrity, being one of the guys, um, that's, I think that's so huge. That's super huge. And, and when you think about, like, the locker room, it's, it's, we'll, we'll paint another picture as far as another environment, the huddle. 
what was your huddle like? I understand on game days, like it's all need, it's all about business, right? But in practice, how was your huddles? Did, were you light at all? Was there times where you were funny at all, or was it was your huddle all about business and you leading your huddle? Oh, you gotta go with the flow after a while. But at first, it's business like you want to do your job and do it correctly. Then after a while, you can start goofing around a little bit. But it's it's got to be business like. Because it's too too serious of a thing. It's our profession. These guys work their ass off. These guys block. Mm. They're not. They, they don't have time to screw around. So receivers and the fringe players, they can always talk a little bit. But linemen are always doing stuff. So it was business and serious. But you know, it depends what kind of season you were having, or you know, whatever. If everything is going okay, you would be a little bit flowing, like relaxed and all. And that's the best way to play: is play relaxed. How did you do with players in the huddle? Because I remember when I was when I was playing quarterback. Had multiple times where I had wide receivers and tight ends telling me like throw me the ball, the change the play. You always had people like no, no, no. Grant, Grant, Grant. I, excuse me, but you needed to call timeout and say, <laughs> listen, you MFers, I'm calling the plays here. If you want to call the plays, go over there and ask coach if you want to be quarterback. But I'm calling because then you don't get all this mental anguish and have to write books about the shit that happened to you early in the year, Grant. You could have just easily said, no, no, no. I'm the quarterback. This is what I'm going to do. So anyway, that's how I would have handled that. I love it. I'm going to tell you a story. Yeah. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Let me tell you a funny story. 1986, playing Dallas Cowboys. I got arguing with a lineman in pregame warmups. This is amazing. So 86, um, I was hurt for a little bit, and I come back for a game, and it's Thanksgiving Day game. We're in Dallas. We're in pregame, and we're kind of like we're four and five at the time, and we're kind of average. And I'm coming back, and I'm thinking, I go. Uh, we're going to call this play, and then Jake, you know how it goes. You call the play, and then everybody's going to run into the locker room, right? So I go, I wreck 40, and these guys start going up to the line of scrimmage. And I'm like, wait, get this F back in here. Call the fucking – you guys, if you if you know what the snap count is, you know what the hell to do. And we start arguing. And now I call the play, run the play, go in the locker room. Now we go say to the large front, and who am I next to but Edwin Bailey, our right off – our left offensive guard who yelled at me, and I yelled at him. And then he's holding my hand in the Lord's Prayer. I thought that guy was going to come in there and beat my ass, you know. And uh, But because I stood up for myself, Grant, because I stood up for myself, I think that helped. But I didn't know what else to do. I'm like, wait a minute. I didn't even say what was on. I said, I write 42. I didn't go on one or because that, that's pretty much what I was going to be on. But still, I wasn't going to fake out. It wasn't even a defense. I wasn't going to fake out anybody. We still argue about that to this day, man. That is so funny. Uh. Hey, uh, we, we, you know, this is going really well. We could go on and on. We got a little bit of time left and I've got to throw some, just some, like some random thoughts at you, some out of the pocket questions that I like to ask that give you the listeners here, give you a little, give them a little more insight into who Dave Craig is. Uh, not that we haven't gotten enough of it, just a good dose of your energy right now, which I love. Right now I got to ask my you. Kid, my kid, my daughter doesn't even talk to me because all I do is lecture. She's 18. She's telling me that I lecture her too much. I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, anyway. <laughs> we, we all like to talk too much. The quarterback's always, we got to be on the top. But uh, here's <laughs> yeah. one for you right now. Uh, you jump in your car. There's a pile of choices of music styles. You got country, rap, R&B, blues, hard rock. Which, what are you grabbing? What, you put, what are you putting in? Wow, that's a good one. So, oddly enough, this isn't all the time, but I had uh, Post Malone's on there. Then I got Doobie Brothers. Then I got Dad Rock Radio. Um, uh, country, I play country. I like country. I like uh, 
jazz. I like all music, Jake. I'm kind of weird that way, but I like music that motivates me. Music was always a big deal in me playing. You know, I remember when Supertramp came out early 80s, Bachman Turner Overdrive 6. I got to meet the guy um, when he sang this one song, yeah. uh, Superstar. Yeah. I got to meet J.Y. from 6. So music was always a big deal for me. Whatever kind of music, I like it all. Go ahead, Grant. You got anything? Yeah, I would say... When, if you could pick either two current wide receivers that are playing the game today or overall in the history, and now I'm talking about the, the wide receivers you didn't play with, so I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but if you were to pick two wide receivers that you could throw to, who would they be? The first name I would say would be Herman Moore. Ah. You remember him, Jake? Played for the Detroit Lions. Yeah. And uh, Herman was, he should be in the Hall of Fame. He just, just didn't, he was like Barry. They were there and they never won. Herman Moore would be the one just because he doesn't get that much recognition. Steve Large, and obviously I could say that. But um, other receivers, uh, Jerry Rice. Um, Jerry Rice's mentality would have been hard to deal with in auto, though. He was that guy, Grant, in the NFL that would say, throw me the ball and all that. But at the same time, he had the, uh, he had the, you know, he had that juice that he could say that, right? Right. So Jerry Rice, any, any, I mean, I, there's so many good receivers, man. I, those guys would die for passes and get hit. Paul Scanzi, one of my favorite receivers from Gig Harbor, Washington, played with me in Seattle. Um, God, there's so many. Willie Davis, J.J. Burden in Kansas City. Uh, boy, there's so many good receivers, Jake. Who's your favorite receiver, Jake, team playing for the Cardinals? Well, I mean, I had a lot of great players. Frank Sanders is one of my all-time favorites. Oh, yeah. He was open. I was there Frank's rookie year. Jake, I was there Frank's rookie year, the kid from Auburn. I remember him. What an ass. He's a good ass. I see him at the golf course once in a while. Yes, Frank's a good one. Rob Moore was there. Dear friends. Yeah, Rob Moore had hands. But the best hands I've ever seen in my life were Larry Sanders. Larry Sanders had... Yeah, amazing yes. ability to catch the ball anywhere, anytime, anyhow. One handed, one finger, two fingers. The dude was unbelievable. Listen, His hands quick, were insane. Quick start, quick, quick Larry Center story. Last game of the season, we're four and twelve. Well, we were four and eleven, about to be four and twelve against the Cowboys. Larry needed like ten catches to get a hundred uh, receptions for a running back, and we got it for him that night. That guy is one of the toughest, toughest, hard nosed players. And Aeneas Williams, too, Jake. He, that guy's a that's a throwback football player, Aeneas Williams. They are they were a joy to play with. Um, we were in a, an organization that had trouble winning, but uh, kind of like you mentioned Herman Moore, but you mentioned two of the greatest competitors I've ever played with, Aeneas and Larry Sinners. And uh, yes, before sir. we run out of yes, time, sir. I have to ask you, can you drop kick can you drop kick it and how from how far? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm okay drop kicker I would be uh, straight on probably 20 yards is about as far as I go any further I'd pull a hamstring gotcha <laughs> that's all I got Grant alright well Dave thank you so much for being on the show and, and sharing your journey and your mindset and your energy man we really appreciate it I will, uh, you're welcome and Jake Grant it was good talking to you too man I'm glad Jake's got somebody to keep him straight Jake when you get down here and see Brett Fisher and uh and and Frank get a hold of me, and, and especially if you're going to go see Herman. You know, he always wants me to talk to that young kid, that quarterback of his, right? Yeah, I was down there just briefly yeah. for a little bit a while back, and uh, I'll let you know, man. We appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, thank you for letting me purge. I appreciate it. Of course, man. We'll get you on again if you need more time to get some stuff off your chest. <laughs> 
I'm good, man. Thank you very much.